Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us. And how you're listening to us. Thank you for making the sports and the world podcast a part of your day. I'm Ladarius. And I'm Chris. I hope all of you are well and safe. We uh, took a week hiatus, March badness, life, whatever you want to call it. But we're back here better than ever. And how are you, my man? Good, man. I'm good. You know, the uh, the temperatures are finally above freezing. I'm, I'm actually facing... Uh, a cool, calm, and collective 75 degrees today, which I'm not going to bitch about considering I've been in jeans and a jacket for, uh, oh, I don't know, since October. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> you know, I'm actually okay. You know, it, it's good. You know, you know, down here in Florida, you know, no, I, I would, I don't want to, I don't want to brag about the weather. So yeah, down here in Florida, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All yeah, right. yeah. It's, it's, is that how I sound to you? No, when you talk about weather, yeah. When I've been here for Well, well, speaking of weather, well, free age, we'll slip into free agency. A lot of teams have been really hot in free agency. Some have been cold, and we'll we'll get to that. But uh, what have your thoughts been on so far? You know, in uh, NFL free agency and the moves and transactions. So, for free agency. One team has won free agency this year. Hands down, no one can come close. They won, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The One of the hardest things, I think, in the NFL is after you win a Super Bowl, the team just, like, it just, it's gone. Like, that's it. They all move on. They get their big money contracts in whatever city they decide to go to, and that's that. Now, on the other hand, Tampa Bay is out here playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers. You've got players that are willingly taking smaller contracts when they know damn well they can go to an opposite coast or an opposite part of the country and probably get two times what they're making right now. And they didn't because they want to be a solidified team. And I, I and we always preach it, I, and I think we got Jesus. We almost talk about it on every single episode. Is leadership starts from the top and works its way down, from the owner to the GM to the coach to the the team captains down to the the bench warmer. And the fact that the owners of the Bucks and the GM can convey their wants, needs, and desires down to Bruce Arians. And then Bruce Arians conferring it down to his team captains. And, and just the level of retention has just been unreal with them. And like I said, hands down, they have won the uh, the the free agency circus, I think. Um, there have been some other very notable moves. You know, um, you know Detroit, it's been a full abandoned ship. Um, you've got Stafford you know, going to L.A., He's he's going from eight mile to Long Beach. Uh, you've got uh, Kenny Galladay who who is going from you know the Lions to the Giants. I think that's going to be a a dangerous move. But you know, and then also uh, the NFC East, I think, is really starting to become. Uh, maybe they won't be the laughing stock of the NFL next season. You've got the Giants making moves. You've got the Eagles making moves. You know, the Cowboys re-signed Dak Prescott. Uh, you know, and 
you know, you they're doing some things that I think all all the teams I think that are they're moving in the right direction. Then of course, uh, you know, Mr. Moneybags, Robert Croft, uh, opening up the 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 pocketbook for New England. And I think after being just outright embarrassed, you know, the 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 post Tom Brady era, it was it, it was kind of like what it rem- what last season reminded me of is when Steve Spurrier stepped down as the Gators head coach and Ron Zook took over. Just those the, the, those dark years before Urban Meyer came in and and kind of righted all the wrongs. Uh, that, that's how. But luckily, Robert Kraft isn't letting this go on for you know three and four years. He said, "Look, I'm fine. Let's let's start bringing in some players." Um, you know, they've made some moves. Um, you know, and the other team now naturally, you know, people are going to say, "Oh, you're only bringing them up because you're a fan." Blah blah blah. But you know, the Jets. You know the Jets have actually made some some needed moves. I think um, I I think last year our running game was laughable. I mean, we had Frank Gore, and I respect Frank Gore and the 205 years that he's played in the NFL. Um, I honestly can't remember a year of me being a fan when when Frank Gore was not in the NFL. Um, I honestly think that he might have played like when we were invading Germany uh, in, in World War II. I'm not, I can't confirm that, but I think that might have that might have happened. But, you know, we addressed the running back issue, you know, and and not only did we snag a coach from San Francisco, we're starting to harvest players from there. You know, we bring in uh, Tevin Coleman in to be that day to day back to compliment, you know, with uh, Michael P. Ryan. Um, you know, uh, bring in, you know, Sheldon Raskins in, um, you know, bring in, uh, Tyler Crofton. I, I, you know, we had an issue with, uh, a tight end situation, you know? Um, and then also the receivers we brought in, we brought Keelan Colin from Jacksonville, who definitely isn't a slouch. I think he was just a byproduct of circumstance, which unfortunately is the, the situation of any good player that, is in Jacksonville. And then also Corey Davis, Corey Davis. I'm a little sketched out about because uh, I don't want to say he's made a glass, but I think that his body just isn't as tough as, as it could be. But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, again, I'm not saying the jets are going to win the super bowl, but one of the biggest problems we had with Sam Darnold is he had no one to hand the ball off to and no one to throw the ball to. Because the the wideout, the receiving core, I think spent more time on the IR than they did playing. Now, granted, there are a lot of factors. There was no spring training. There was no preseason. And a lot of these boys didn't get to play until, or essentially practice together until week eight. Um, you know, I, I don't know if, uh, uh, if that was a contributing factor or if it mainly was just a situation where, Injuries just happened, but I, I think they made some modest moves. And then, of course, you know, some of the other big ones like, uh, you know, J.J. Watt, you know, following his homie into Arizona. Uh, I think Houston's the next abandoned ship because I think uh, Deshaun Watson is going to be the death of that team. But we'll, we'll circle back to that later. But that's uh, that's, that's kind of where I wanted to touch on. And, you know, and the thing is, Chris, you, you made some points. And I was going to talk about the Jets because – I think because what I, I think what I talked about last week we'll, we'll get to when you talk about Dak Prescott, but I want to circle back to the to the AFC East because I think with the Jets, I think hiring Robert Saleh 
who I love. If you saw as I don't know if you'll agree, but as you know, as a down season as it was for San Francisco, the defense amidst the injuries still played pretty good. And that's a credit to Robert Saleya. And and I do believe, Chris, that he's bringing in a mentality, which, you know, I can't speak to. It. I'm not a Jets fan. I got my own problems with the Falcons, but I got my own issues to deal with there. But I do believe, Chris, is that the Jets are going to turn a corner. The biggest question for me is, is that what are they going to do with that second overall pick? Because are they going to go quarterback? Are they going to go wide receiver? Where are they going to go? Because if you look at the pieces, like you mentioned, Corey Davis, and you mentioned Tyler Croft, you mentioned Sheldon Rankins, you know, and you know, and Corey. But what I also like is they brought in a defensive end, Carl Lawson from the Bengals. Yep. You know, what I like there is that you're solidifying that line that, you know, and that, you know, that you may be missing when they traded Leonard Williams to the Giants. You're getting a guy off the edge. And then you in the secondary, you're getting you're getting LaMarcus Joyner to pair it with Marcus May. And, like, teams who are usually bad, Chris, have a lot of money. So, you know, so, but they're investing this money, and they have a lot of picks. As a credit to what Joe Douglas is doing is, is that, essentially, Chris, he can still go into this draft. Because they still have needs. Don't get me wrong. Like, oh, absolutely. I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying that free agents, they're going to, you know, every team's going to check every box. You know, but what he does with that second overall pick, and I gave my opinion, and, and we disagree, and, and that's fine, and I get, and I and I get why, but I do believe that the choice has to be made: is that do you trust? Do you want to go with Sam Darnold, or do you get a you know, do you get a Zach Wilson, or even a, or even a Justin Fields? Because at some wow. point you need to have you need to have a franchise quarterback, and the question that Robert Saleh has to answer. And the offensive staff has to figure out is that what direction do you want to go to? Now, personally, I believe that Darnold's arm fits what San Francisco wants to do. That downhill scheme, the play action pass. Darnold's arm is not terrible by a long shot. The question is, what direction do you want to go at that position? Because quite frankly, to me, they're building this team to make me believe that they're going to draft a quarterback. And whether they keep Sam Darnold, because if you look at the market, Chris, they could get a second round pick for Sam Darnold, you know, for a team that like, say, for the, you know, for Saleh's old team, the Niners, if they're not sold on Jimmy G, maybe bring in Sam Darnold. But so I do like the move that's going on there. And then you, you, you touched on the Giants. And I believe, Chris, when you're seeing them sign Kenny Galladay, Bringing Kyle Rudolph on the Vikings, which is not a nothing to sneeze at. There, nope. They got De- Devontae Booker to help in the backfield with Saquon. You bring in John Ross, who I believe who he's very fast. I just think he, I think the Bengals didn't know what to do with him. And I think I always say this is, is that, and I'll mention this later in another situation is that when you're when you didn't draft or you didn't bring in your guys, you know, listen. Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Bengals, didn't really didn't draft John Ross, didn't invest in him, so they didn't know what to do with him. And so I feel the Giants have a low risk, high reward there with John Ross because they got speed there in the slot. And they brought in the corner of Dory Jackson. By the way, Chris, who was a who was a first round pick in 2017, yeah. and the, and the Titans just let him walk out the door. So 
the teams in New York are going to get better. And this is an indictment on Danny Dimes. I don't because what you're seeing is the theme. And I talked about this in the draft. It is that you have to invest in the quarterback. I'm not talking about fiscally. I'm talking about build around him. And and you and I talked about this in the episode two weeks ago. I talked about Tom Brady. And I talked about that, Chris, he took a pay cut. And you're seeing the benefits of that pay cut. You know, they were able to re-sign Shaquille Bear. They got Gronk. They're able to bring back pieces because they understood because Tampa won without doing anything. Tampa won by essentially having Tom Brady take a pay cut and and reaping the benefits of it because Tom Brady understands that, hey, we don't really need to bring in anybody else. And I laughed at the fact that I read reports that they should bring in OBJ. And I'm like, you need to just shut that down. How many receivers do you need? How well, many receivers? I, do you- not only that, if I can jump in, uh, it, it's not some how many receivers do you need, but the personalities. It, you know, yeah. we, we talked about this. On, in Cleveland, because of all the eccentric personalities. Now, yeah, granted, that's the problem. Yeah, Tom, you know, Tom Brady, I think, can keep that shit under lock and key. I, I think, yeah, I, I think even after this season, more than ever, he, I think, when Tom Brady speaks, everybody listens. I think it's the equivalency of of Eisenhower, uh, General Patton. You know, when people, uh, uh, other sport, you know, uh, a Michael Jordan, a Kobe Bryant, a Derek Jeter, uh, you know, when when those people speak, it just it, the the level of respect and command it just shuts everybody down. Now, on the flip side of it, uh, I, I don't think Tom Brady needs to be a babysitter. And like you said, how many receivers do you need when you got Godwin, you got Evans, you got Gronkowski? Exactly. Uh, Exactly. You know, and then uh, I can't remember the the young kid's name, but he made a very crucial catch in the Super Bowl that uh, that definitely yeah, Scotty. They got Scotty Miller. Yeah, and, and Scotty Brady. Miller. Yeah. You know, so I mean, uh, that that would yeah. be cool if, <laughs> if if we were playing Madden and we didn't have a salary cap. Hell yeah, let's let's bring OBJ. And you know what? Might as well go grab Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, you know, uh, m- maybe Kenny Galladay, and I can just have like the the all mad team. But I I think Tampa's pretty secure on uh on on the receiver side, and then on the backfield side, I I think they sign Fournette again because the 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 combo of Fournette and Rojo, uh, especially we really saw it in its most rawest, purest form. I think in the Super Bowl. And Kansas City's defense is definitely no slouch defense by any standard. And mm-hmm. I, I just seeing the power of uh, of Rojo and then the power of Fournette with the hands of both of them. And then I think even the finesse. I think Rojo, personally for me, I think Rojo has a little bit more delicate step. I think he can twist and turn. I think Fournette is just that, that wrecking. He's like the juggernaut in X-Men. When he starts running forward it's it's like uh, 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 Derrick Henry from the Titans. If he's running in your general direction, run with him or get out of the way because that man is just going to bowl you over. Yeah. And and the thing is, Chris, and what makes it work is kind of the combination. It's where you got, where you just got finesse and then you just got not finesse. You got power and you got finesse. And running backs, you got to have two different types of running backs to succeed. And Tampa understands that, and and what and and to wrap up my point about Tampa is is that 
and I, I spoke about this, is that the fact that this circled around Tom Brady taking a pay cut. Because what you're seeing, Chris, is that I look back at Tom Brady's old contracts, and I think the biggest deal he ever had was like a four-year, $72 million deal. And when you look at that, Chris, in the grand scheme of things, and if you value, and if you, you know, if you look at it in today's standards, Chris, he'd be getting it's not a lot. Mahomes. It's not a lot. And and I say, because it's never been about money. Like, listen, you got to listen. Nobody's saying you go to work and for free. But he understands that if you make enough money, that you don't go into playing, you don't go into certain professions, which is I personally believe in. You don't go into certain jobs for money or professions for money. Because my, I don't know if you agree with this, but my philosophy has always been this, is that when you love what you do and you're great at what you do, people will pay you for what you do. Absolutely. And you don't, yeah, and you don't walk in the door. And the reason why I say that is because it's that I see so many people, they go, they go into professions for money. They go into it because, hey, I make six figures. But when down the road, Chris, they don't like what they do. And then when they get older, like not even, you know, maybe our age, maybe in, our, in their 40s, they're like, maybe I should be doing something else. Oh, yeah. Res- and, yeah resentment really steps in. Yeah. And, and I think with Tom Brady, Tom Brady has never been about money. Listen, when you're married to Giselle Bunchen, listen, that's, that's a whole different ballgame. But, <laughs> hey. but the point is, is that, you know, he took a, he's taking pay cuts. And Patrick Mahomes did the very same thing, restructuring the contract, because the cap this year is $182.5 million. So you go to your highest paid guys restructure. Mahomes restructured his contract. And they upgraded the offensive line, getting Joe Thuy from the Patriots. Getting, uh, getting Kyle Long out of retirement, and he looks yoked. Like, take him time to Google Kyle Long. And then, so, and they still going to restructure that offensive line. Because if you look at Kansas City, that was the only real problem. you got to protect your assets. you you got to protect. Your quarterback is, you have to protect him like Fort Knox. It's just the same way we're in baseball where you got to protect guys like Mike Trout. Because you're investing nearly a half of... <laughs> You're investing too much, uh, half a billion dollars into into Mike Trout. So what are the Angels doing? They're protecting them. They're pro- you got to protect your assets, and and it's no different here in the NFL, expecting for your quarterback. So speaking of quarterbacks, you know if you're a Bears fan, either <laughs> bring the you know you, 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 I knew this is coming. See, you, you see, I, I don't know why my coach assumes I'm gonna do say something that, but I always, I guess I always lead in. I'm gonna say something great and then lead in. It, it's it's class, it's classic talk. Here's the thing, Chicago. I, I want to be clear. Great city. I'm a Cubs fan. Great city. But when I remember. This is for this is for Bears fans and anybody who's you know an earshot of this. Remember when all I heard was that we're tra- you know Derek Carr, Russell Wilson. Remember all that? You remember all that Bears fans? You remember me and Pepper Schwann remembers that. We all remember it. And then you settled because I said two weeks ago that I just don't see Russell Wilson parting with Seattle. Because of the assets, what I talked about not even 30 seconds ago. Because essentially, they don't want Nick Foles. Because Seattle would have wanted a quarterback in return. 
because Seattle don't want to go draft a quarterback in the draft, a rookie at that, you know, to get an established guy in there. They didn't want Nick Foles. Seattle didn't want Nick Foles. I told y'all America about Nick Foles. But anybody listen to me? Nope. I said Nick Foles is a great guy. Good man. We'll leave it at that. And then who do you go at? Who's the guy who's already been the starter? Chris's guy, Mr. Ginger, the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton. Now, I am not saying Andy Dalton is trash. But <laughs> when but. you look you look but when you look at the division, you know who the happiest person is when that when Andy Dalton got signed, Chris? You know what one player was happy when all of this happened, Chris? You know Which who it was? Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> he's like this. He's, he's like, so let me get this straight. I got to play Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, and Andy Dalton twice a year. That's six and oh. Like, you can pencil in six and ten. Right there. You can pencil in six wins. Here's the thing with Andy Dalton. Here's the thing with the whole Bears organization. I, I've said many times, and I've said this uh, uh, some time ago, where I said, Chris, it's easy to sit here and look at the head coach, but I said we got to look at the front office. Why does why is Ryan Pace, the GM, still gainfully employed? This is the same man. This is the same man who said we got to trade. Oh, we got to trade up for Mitchell Trubisky. We got to trade up. That was because apparently, because apparently they sent they had enough money to send scouts to Chapel Hill, but not enough money to send them to South Carolina or to send them to Texas. Yeah, that, he had enough that money to go to Chapel. That move always questioned me with with Trubetsky, and I, 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 I laughed at it, and I think I, I definitely think they got some buyer's remorse afterwards. Yeah, but, you know, buyer's what? remorse, Chris. They they lost the receipt. They can't turn it back in, <laughs> and it's not Walmart. It's not Walmart. I'm sorry, we don't. You know, sorry. with with regards to Andy Dalton, though. Um, you know, he he's a unique uh, a, a quarterback, and he's in a unique position. Uh, he he wasn't bad when he played for the Bengals by any by any stretch, form, or standard. He had a great chemistry oh, no. and and receiver with with AJ Green. I think the Absolutely. problem was the rest of the organization, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, he went to Dallas. I, I, there, I think Dallas is is honestly only a quarterback away from doing something great. As much as that pains me to say it, and then we're going to have to just, oh, we them boys and have to listen to all that shit, and I'm going to want to drive my car into a wall. I honestly think that uh, they, he had the opportunity there, but I think just with, like, the shell shock of – of Dak Prescott going down. I think that just rumbled the whole organization. Um, if anything, I think this is a, uh, a, a tale of kind of reminds me of, uh, of the fighter with Mark Wahlberg and uh, Christian Bale. You have an opportunity mm-hmm. to go out and do something. You, you either got to do it or you got to hang it up. And, and there's no in between. And 
I think with uh, with with the, with the red rifle here, he's got the offensive tools uh, with with Chicago. He's got good receivers. He's got a modest offensive line with a stellar defense. Unfortunately, yes, he does have to play Aaron Rodgers, and that is that is mm-hmm. a, a dangerous thing to do yeah. for the most part. Oh yeah. Um, but you know we're gonna have to sit back and and see what happens on that. But um, I don't know. Like I am. That was one of the more intriguing moves like i i was shocked to see him go to a team like chicago but it also kind of pokes my ears up and makes me think okay let's see what happens let's let's give the guy a shot he's you know it's like you said yeah it's not that we don't like him or you know he's just one of those guys it's 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 circumstance he is a product of circumstance mm-hmm. yeah and and the thing is this is this is not an indictment on andy Dalton. This is an indictment on a Bears organization who essentially passed on opportunities to get quarterbacks. They get Mitchell Trubisky, and what makes it worse is that you traded up for him, and then that's not the worst part. Then you go trade for Nick Foles, thinking Nick Foles is better than Trubisky, and then Foles starts a couple of games, and you're realizing, like, he's not the franchise. And to me, Chris... This is an issue. Why does Ryan Pace still have a job? Here's the thing, Chris. The simple fact of the matter is you can't be on your job as long as Ryan Pace has been and still be deemed a success. You'd be fired. If this was a Fortune 500 company, he'd been fired because your your quarterback, Chris, is essentially your on-field CEO. He's your general. He is leading this franchise. And you're and I tell people this, you're telling me that we'll get to Deshaun Watson for another reason in a minute. But you're telling me, Chris, that you didn't send anybody? Chris, nobody? But you but you sent somebody to Chapel Hill because we all know how great at football the Tar Heels are. We all know how great they are, Chris. We all know how great they are. Yeah. So we we send them to Chapel Hill, and we couldn't even send a scout, even with Patrick Mahomes. Like nobody knew Mahomes was going to be Mahomes, Chris. But Andy Reid knew. He sent somebody to watch him. It, it, it's a matter of Chris is that it's easy for me to sit here and it's easy for people to blame Matt Nagy. But no, Matt Nagy, that team, Chris. If I told you the Bears won this division. Within the last five years, people wouldn't believe me, but they did. And they won it with Mitchell bleeping Trubisky. And and they leaned heavily on a defense who essentially let their all-pro corner, Kyle Fuller, walk out of the door, couldn't trade and get anything for him. Maybe you could have got some picks to, I don't know, Chris, maybe invest in a quarterback, hint, hint. But you let him walk out the door. For the Bears, Chris, it's a quarterback situation. And it's also a lot of organizational moves because at some point, Chris, when you lean on something for too long, Chris, it's going to fall over. Yeah. Unless you unless you do something. This is the problem in Tampa with John Gruden. After they won the Super Bowl, Chris, they didn't do anything. The defense got Lynch and Sapp and Brooks, Rondé, they all got older. And, and John Gruden said, well, we're going to ride it. We're going to ride this old Chevy to the ground. And throw a match on it, and then that's exactly what happened. And essentially, Chris, that's what the Bears are doing with this defense. 
because they saying, okay, we can be so abysmal offensively outside of Allen Robinson and David Montgomery that we don't have to really invest in a quarterback. They don't take the position seriously. I argue, Chris, as much as I like Andy Dalton, listen, and people don't know, listen, I'm not a Kirk Cousins fan or Kirk Kissing Cousins for legal reasons. <laughs> like, it's a legit debate in my head where I go, where it's Rodgers. I think golf's the second best quarterback. But no. Me, no well, no, I'll, I'll explain why, Chris. I'll explain in a minute. It's a, it's a hard choice for me. Because here's the thing. Here's why I have golf second. Because here, here's, what, here's the problem. Because see, we, we talk about this in our meetings that we always slip into other sub-conversations. And here's the thing, Chris. This is why I have golf high. Because, of it, because here's the thing. Golf's problem for the Rams was that he got the money. And listen, you hand somebody a briefcase full of money, Chris, before it's time. And then some people perform great. The people don't. Now, in terms of golf, maybe the maybe the pressure to him. But he goes to Detroit, and Chris, there's upside. Like it wasn't all bad. It wasn't all bad for the Rams. It's just that Sean McVay just said, "I want to bring in a, a, a more experienced quarterback because the roster is more of a veteran-like roster." Kirk Kissing Cousins, Chris, this guy can't win on a day not named Sunday. He can't win primetime games. And as for, as for Andy Dalton, we have to be honest, Chris, and assess that the reason why he's second, because listen, to me, it's Rodgers, it's golf, and you could flip a coin to me on Cousins and Dalton. because But I lean more toward Dalton because of performance. Because the reality is, Chris, is that golf is younger. There's upside. He's not trash. He's not one of those first overall picks who's trash. Like he was talented. And, and, and for the record, Chris, he went to a Super Bowl. He played in the Super Bowl. And the only only other guy on this list who's who can say that is Mr. Discount Double Check himself. So my whole point is. When you're a franchise like the Chicago Bears, I'm not. When you had the opportunity to get Russell Wilson, and maybe Seattle didn't want to get off of, of of Russell, and I understand, but I'm pretty sure the, the the sticking point, Chris, is that they didn't want to give up a defensive player because Seattle, Chris, was looking for a starter on both sides of the ball, and to me, Chris. You, they could have packaged Kyle Fuller or, and people may not like this, Khalil Mack. Because let's face it, Chris, he's getting a lot of money. And where's the return on investment? And I'm not saying it's Khalil Mack's fault that the Bears are where they are. But the fact of the matter is, is that if you're the Bears, you need a quarterback. You can draft defense. And I'm not saying you'll find the next Khalil Mack. You may look in to find the next Lawrence Taylor or the next Bruce Smith like the Washington football team did with Chase Young. Like, you can do that. To me, Chris, defense is always deeper than offense, for the exception of wide receiver. Wide receiver talent is going to be deeper. A lot of guys are now coming out of these schools faster, more athletic, you know, route running. So 
at the end of the day, Chris, to circle back to my point, I look at Jared Goff and I say, listen, he, he, there's potential. So I didn't mean to go on that rant about the city of Chicago, but listen, somebody had to do it. So if, if not me, then somebody else. But, but, but speaking of quarterbacks, I do want to, you know, as we get to the close of the show here, I do want to talk about Deshaun Watson. <laughs> and we all know, and we all read the new, and, and, and I say this, and the only thing that I'll say from this, and I'll, and I'll let you chime in, is, is this. From my experience, because for those of you who know, I, criminal justice, this, this is one of the things that I, was, and I put out on Twitter. One of the things that was taught that I learned, not only just in criminal justice, but as a life lesson, is to do not put the cart before the horse. Because we don't have, because listen, it looks pretty damning for Deshaun Watson. I'm not going to lie. But the reality is, is that don't take sides unless you have all the evidence. Because to me, if you take a side, I'm not going to sit and presume Deshaun's guilt or innocence. I'm not a barrister. I'm not, I'm, I'm nothing within the legal system. But the, I'm looking at this from a purely, purely football perspective. If you're the Houston Texans, you got to get rid of him. And and what's sad, Chris, is that they paid him. And there was teams that maybe wanted him. So the question becomes from a I'm not talking about the legal stuff. Because the legal stuff, I always feel we gotta let that play out. Because I feel that I'm not gonna play just during execution because we've seen too much too much of that in society. Where we we the facts are there. We let the facts come up. And we assess. But from a purely football perspective, Chris, you know, the the one, the only quarterback move the Texans made this year was trade for Ryan Finley. You know, from the Bengals, they traded Ryan Finley in a seventh round pick in exchange for a sixth round pick. So that lets you know how great Ryan Finley is. If you're in the Houston Texans, how, how? Where do you go? Like, it's not fair. David Culley, the head coach, it's not fair what he walked into. Because, Chris, he took this job under the guys that maybe he could try to get convinced to Sean Watson. And he couldn't. And the fact of the matter is, is that, like I said, the legal stuff, I'm not going to touch it because experience. I'm not going to sit here because, listen, I'll, I'll let social media do the judging. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let social media I'll let social media do that. Because I, I make my point clear on the legal stuff. But as far as from the football stuff and the image stuff, I can I can only lean on me as a Falcons fan at the whole Michael Vick ordeal. And I remember whatever happened to him, it, it hurt our franchise from the football perspective. The legal stuff, once again, the legal stuff. You know, we'll put that not say forget it. Yeah, but, but from the uh, Atlanta, they didn't get rid of him until he was criminally charged. If, if right, exactly. Me right. If, if, that's see, correct. that's yeah, that's, that's my thing. Yeah. If I can dive in on this, is sure. our our legal system 
in legal precedent since the beginning of our nation uh, has been innocent until proven guilty by a court of law. And that has been the case for a few hundred years up until... Yeah, uh, honestly, up until 2016. And now this is going to take a political turn. So for people that are going to get butt hurt or that don't like to hear the raw, honest truth about things, go ahead and just power down now because I'm probably going to hurt your feelings. But the biggest problem, and you touched on it, is social media. And social media has created such a moronic and idiotic influence on the world that 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 is it, it is the court now. it's it's a kangaroo court it's not even like like if 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 you are famous or or a well-known figure and something gets brought up you're guilty i don't know what deshaun watson did i got no clue i wasn't there i wasn't the girl i wasn't the guy now allegations of sexual assault and battery should be taken serious and investigated at, at at any time, whether it's a, 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 a man on woman, man on man, woman on whatever, you know, whatever cup of tea you, you drink, that's not socially or criminally acceptable to do. So it should be investigated. Now, the hard part is, is the PR damage that comes to an organization or a company or whatever in that. So in the Houston Texans, for example, if they stand by their quarterback and and he says, you know what, uh, these girls are lying. I didn't do this. And they stick by him. And and it turns out that these women have orchestrated these stories. And and again, I'm not commenting on whether it is or not. But if if due to a due process in court of law, which you are entitled to, I'm entitled to, and every single listener that is a United States citizen is entitled to. Deshaun Watson is entitled to. Now, the problem is for the Houston Texans is if they do this and they stick with them and say, you know what, I'm going to let the court do its thing. At that point, we're going to make a decision as an organization that automatically in the eyes of social media and Twitterverse and and the, the, the band hammers of Zuckerberg and that homeless looking guy that runs Twitter, uh, that the Houston Texans are okay with sexual assault. So every anti-sexual assault organization is going to become the haters of the Houston Texans. Now on the flip side of it is as an employee, which Deshaun Watson is to the Houston Texans and these allegations are in, they have no, at this point when we're doing this episode, there has been no credible evidence that has been presented to the public that is, is there to say that yes, he did or didn't do this. And then the Texans fire him. And let's say again that he's innocent. Well, that makes the Texans look like an asshole because they fired an innocent man. And that's not you should because of the guise of social media. And now if he is found guilty by a court of law and a and, and a jury of his peers, then unfortunately, you know what? Sucks to suck, dude. Keep your wiener in your pants and don't touch women's private parts if they don't ask you to. Um, and this goes, and I think, honestly, like I said, this started in in 2016 with the election of uh, of Trump. And, and it started with that and then every single thing afterwards. If you're a movie star or anybody in Hollywood or in politics or sports – 
Solomon makes this accusation, uh, it, it, it sets the world on fire. Now, in, in contrast, now this is going to be one of the controversial things that are going to really probably piss some people off. But if you remember a while back, Ladarius, you, you, you know, you know, you ever hear of a movie star named Johnny Depp? I'm familiar with his work. Yeah, he was like a pirate the, or some shit, walk. made like a buku yeah. box. Remember that one he had, time? He had that, hands that are like scissor-like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember that one time that he made an accusation of abuse from a woman to him? Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How I much recall. spot, and, and this is one thing that's honestly, that, that, that truly pisses me off. How much broad-spectrum light did that get? Next to none. Now my thing is 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 I'm an advocate of of the two way street rule, is that if it's good for you, it's good for me, and if if you're gonna blow uh, accusations of assault or or sexual assault or whatever the case may be, if you're gonna blow it out of proportion and make a stink of it out of one thing, it should be both sides of the street, whether no matter the gender, the the race, the sex, whatever, it's a, assault is assault. And that's one thing that really pisses me off is that shit with Johnny Depp got swept under the rug and nothing's going on. And I think Johnny Depp has just as big of a name in a household as uh, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Deshaun Watson, anybody does. But before I go on that whole other political rant, uh, for Deshaun Watson's sake, um, I hope that these allegations are false um i i i hope that it can be thoroughly investigated by a, a a credible law enforcement agency that can dedicate the time and resources needed to hear each uh accusation and case and get to the bottom of this if he's innocent then he needs to just continue on with his life and and play football and and not put himself in positions where these accusations can be made. Um, if these accusations turn into charges that are found guilty of, um, there's a special place in hell for you, my friend. Um, that 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 shit is not acceptable in any form, state, or uh, or way. Especially as an athlete, I think as an athlete, I think that you're you're held to a higher standard because children idolize athletes, teenagers idolize athletes. Um, growing up, I looked up Michael Jordan is probably him and Derek Jeter are my two favorite athletes of our generation. Um, and y you look around my, my, my little man cave, I've got a, a life-size cardboard cutout of Michael Jordan right behind me. I've got his, I've got a, a, a 10 by 12 canvas of honestly, one of my most favorite sayings he ever had. I got Derek Jeter stuff all over the place. I idolize these guys growing up and the, and, and the beautiful thing was, is, is that neither one of these guys had those accusations or things again because they kept their nose clean. Yeah, you know, Jordan had a shit with gambling that, you know, and about and about his father and all that. I, again, it was hearsay, so there's nothing to it. I want to see raw facts. But for Deshaun Watson, dude, good luck to you, bud, because you're in for an uphill battle. Because not only in today's world, if you're famous, not only do you have to fight the U.S. justice system, you have to fight the U.S. Twitter system and the U.S. Facebook system and the U.S. Instagram system because social media has just become such a propagandic tool 
for anything in everyone's agenda. And if they don't like you, you you will be pushed out. And I think that's what might happen to Sean Watson. Again, we don't know the facts. We don't know the truth. But good luck to you, bud. Yeah. And and the thing is, and I'll say this before we move on to, to, to March Madness and to wrap up. You know, one of the things that I think is important is, is that to understand is, is that we as a society, and I, and to me, I, I let Chris do all the political talking. So, but I'll, I'll say, I don't care if I heard something. No matter what, yeah, but it, it, it's, yeah, he, he does it. Me, I don't to an extent. But, so that's why we work so well together. Like Crockett and Tubbs and Ebony and Ivory, whatever, whatever, whatever you want to put on it. But my biggest thing is this no matter what side of the fence you sit on politically, whatever your gender, race, I always have been like this. And Chris has known me, I think we've known each other over 20 years. I think, I think you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to make us older than we are, trust me. But we've known each other a long time. And one of the things that I think Chris knows about me that I know is, is that I just believe in facts. I believe in, well, I took criminal justice. Initially, I wanted to to be the person to try to, you know, right wrongs. And there's a whole personal story there. And I'll save it for, I'll hold out for TV money to, to tell that story. But the point is, what's going on with Deshaun Watson, these are very serious charges. You know, we can't make light of these charges. And more important, we have to understand this, is that those in Twitter, Facebook, I, I don't care about the political ramifications. I mean, in terms of political, I said anybody who speaks on the matter, who doesn't put forth credible evidence to me, and I said it on Twitter, either you're clout chasing or you're clueless. I like it's, that. It's one or the other. It's, it's either you're trying to get like how we're like how we talk about sport. You're trying to chase clout by, you know, saying things. You know, but we mean what we say, but we don't take sides in things that are we believe in evidence. It's, it's like this. I remember some time ago where, well, like I said, when I, when I first talked about Dak Prescott, it was not personal. But people in social media took it personal and they talked about they talked about his race. They talked about other things. And I say there's always a finite line, in my opinion. I say you stick to the facts. Dak Prescott, the football player, and Dak, the person, who I love Dak, the person. When I came to Dak, the football player, I didn't. I stuck to the facts. I stuck to the fact of how I felt he played and where he went. He, he, he can be a good guy, Chris. Chris, I'm pretty sure there are people in your company, Chris, who you know are good people. They're good people. But sometimes when we look at, you know, you look at their body of work, you go, we got some work to do. Or maybe this has to happen for them to get to certain levels. And I say in our society, we have to understand and put in perspective that we have to learn to differentiate things. People who are defending, you know, if you're defending Deshaun Watson because you want to chase Cloud, he's a football player, you got to take that out. We're talking about Deshaun Watson, the person from the legality aspect because see chris what we talked about earlier we talked about the we talked about the football ramifications about what happened what could happen and we delved a little into the legality we didn't start saying he said we didn't start making conjecture if that makes any sense 
Because we, we need we weren't to there. go there. None, none of us. Exactly. Were there. And, and, I'm not the attorney of exactly. record. You're not the attorney of record. Neither one of us were the detectives taking the witness statement. You know, the uh, one, one of the yeah. one of you know, me and my mom are talking about this before she passed, and because uh, my mom was a big sports nut, and um, you know. One of the even even when all this shit really started brewing up, like I said on social media, you know, from like 2016 to present, anytime that there are accusations of uh, rape or sexual assault or violence or murder, unless you know, she always said, you know, because my my mom had a degree in criminal justice as well and forensic mm-hmm. something something I don't know something cool. Um, <laughs> she, uh, you know, she was like, unless if you're the arresting officer or the attorney of record, you don't know. And she yeah. was like, don't ever judge someone or speak on someone unless if you know. Pretend it's yourself or pretend it's your best friend. Yeah. And, you know, and and the irony is in, in all of this, and again, I'll, I'll, I'll dive back and I'll jump right back into the political ocean is we see it honestly right now the hypocrisy of it how people will speak on certain things but will shut the hell up on another thing and not that they have a right to speak on any of it but if you look at present culture when you know again you know this will probably piss some people off but oh well you know when trump ran for president there were a lot of of accusations coming out of the woodwork of sexual assault um, when Judge Kavanaugh was running, or not running, when he got his bid for the Supreme Court and did his questioning on Capitol Hill, there were questions of sexual assault, and it was all over the news. It was a 24-7 coverage. Uh, the unfortunate thing is now is that on the other side of the fence, uh, you know, Governor Cuomo of uh, the not-so-great state of New York is facing these same accusations, but... I'm hearing a lot of crickets. I don't hear the voices or is the, tr- the, the, the trendy Twitter cool thing to say is I don't see the same energy uh, as before because it's on their own turf now. And if you're going to speak on it, speak on it across the board. But the best advice, unless if you were the arresting officer, the detective doing the interview or the attorney on record, how about you just don't speak on it and let the facts come out. And then when the facts come out, then use basic deduction, logic, and reasoning that we are taught, I think, in junior high school, and then formulate your own thing. But until then, just shut the fuck up. Please and thanks. Love, Chris. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeez. you want to go to March Madness now be- before I start pissing too many people off? <laughs> yeah, I don't think we should even go to March Madness. But... <laughs> It's it's a whole nother madness right here. Why jump why jump into the March Madness when there's madness right here? Look, but, how about this? I've got one what, thing what, on March I, Madness, and then we can dive into our other section, and, yeah. and then we can we can be done. So now, yeah. there's besides Urban Meyer, what other entity has ruined the hopes and dreams of Ohio State and Florida? Oh man, I think I know the answer to this because if it's what I'll put, it, I'll ask this: Is it what we talked about on uh, through Facebook? Is it what we talked about through Messenger? Is yep. it that? Oh well, then that's Abilene Christian. I think you're referring to. No, uh, 
Uh, Oral Roberts. Was it Oral Roberts? Oh, well, Emily Christian. Oh, they beat Texas. Which, by the way, I'll squeeze that in. Uh, this week's article for the podcast is about Texas and why they should fire. Shaka Smart. Thought I'd squeeze that in because I yes. may not be able to do it toward the end. Back yeah, to you. They, they do need to can him. Back but yes, Oral Roberts has definitely ruined <laughs> Florida and Ohio State in a, in a much faster uh, capability than Urban Meyer ever could. So Oral Roberts comes in in the uh, uh, the the first round of elimination and barely beats out uh, Ohio State. Then they play Florida and beat them. <laughs> I just the irony of that. I I did I, I did get some humor out of it and then also losing to a team. Yeah, I'm gonna act like a a, a freshman in high school uh, losing to a team called Oral. <laughs> Uh, well, also well, it, 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 it could have been a lot more. It could have been worse, Chris. If you think about it, could have been worse. Possibly. So but that's all I got left so for think March about Madness. It. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, I guess Chris's March Madness proposal. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm going to try to show some loyalty up here because, well, I don't root for any team in this remote area. So I'm going to try to go for Villanova. Uh, I, they're they're kind of close to where I'm at, so I'll, I'm going to try to be a bandwagon for them. Not that I care about uh, college basketball, but um, we said we'd talk about it, so we did. Ta-da! So, you know, I, I like I like what Jay Wright's been doing up there. So, you know, and well, like I say, you know, listen, Texas busted my my. I did three brackets, but the strongest one I felt was Texas. And I, I wrote an article about that, and I explained why. And and I'll just say this before we wrap up, is, is that the one one of the reasons that I put, I hope you guys have been, a lot of you have been reading it, so I thank you guys so much for reading it. Um, one of the things I talk about in there is when I talked about you're not bringing in your own guy, the, the, the Texas AD, Chris uh, Chris Conte, Chris Conte did not bring in Shaka Smart. The other AD did, the other administration. So there's no loyalty, there's no tie. And and my thing is, is that to, to say real quickly, I'm not expecting Texas to be like Duke or North Carolina, Kentucky. I'm not expecting to be basketball juggernauts. But when you're Texas and you have arguably the biggest, uh, your revenue is ridiculous. You have the biggest revenue in terms of sports in the country. And your basketball team, their last final four was 2003. That was Kevin Durant. They had all those guys, TJ Ford, a couple of those guys, LaMarcus Aldridge. All the, there's no excuse in the world why Texas should be getting knocked out in the first round. And the guy you fired, Rick Barnes, listen, they got he got knocked listen, made the tournament every year but one in 17 years, but he got knocked out again. He got knocked out 11 times in the first round in those, in those 16 seasons that they made the tournament. And then you got Shaka Smart, who's 0-3. This guy can't get out of the first round. Uh, essentially, the, the problem is, if you look at Shaka Smart was at VCU, I, you, you read the article, it explains. I'll put it like this. Strength of schedule matters. I'll leave it at that. So, speaking of strength and of scheduling, well, I'm all out of strength because I think Chris took a lot out of me. And I'm six foot four. He took a lot out of me today. But in a good way. In a good way. But but just remember to check out the podcast, this episode and every episode on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcast. 
social media at Sports the Warren Bowl, Twitter and Instagram. I am on Twitter at Ladarius underscore Brown and Instagram at Ladarius double underscore Brown. I, I'm not going to get that again. And you can check out Chris somewhere somewhere in the multiverse. No, I told know, you, I retired from the, the UFC Twitterverse. I was, uh, I, I was a oh, double champion. I thought, you, <laughs> um, I thought you came out of retirement. You know, you did like a Misha Tate. You came out of retirement. Or, okay. All right, yeah, so, know, so Chris you know, is still... As, as much as I love that game, you can only play it so much before like you, uh, you just get tired of it. And then uh, I, I started playing it online a little bit. And... Uh, that that wore me out pretty quick. Not gonna lie. Um, when I'm getting like assaulted by like a 12 year old kid, uh, calling me all sorts of things, like I kind of want to reach through the mic and just choke the life out of him in real life. And of course, that's not socially acceptable yet. Um, so I finally just retired the game. It, it, it just it, it got repetitive. So I'm only on the Instagrams and the Facebooks. Um, it's probably for my health and safety. I stay off Twitter. Well, my and, health. Um, safety yeah and on that <laughs> emmy award-winning high note until, until you hear us again i'm ladarius and i'm chris be real be you be blessed and be safe i'm always here at the sports and the world podcast see you